Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about Internet Church. Rich, what is Internet Church? Oh, it's only the best internet gathering this side of the Kailua River. Is the Kailua River a thing? Maybe we should start over. <laughs> let's let's do it again. Ask me again. <laughs> no, let's leave it in. Now no, no, let's talk about Internet Church. Uh, internet Church. Actually, it's a thing we do every other Friday night where we all gather together, uh, encourage the saints in truth. It's uplifting. It's edifying. It's just a time to gather for about an hour on a Friday night or day, depending what part of the world you're in, just to be encouraged by the saints. You you think you would like something like that? Is the Pope Catholic? Uh, you bet your sweet bippy the Pope is Catholic. And uh, Justin, Internet Church is all about gospel freedom. It's good. I'm trying to think of the follow-up question. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man, this thing is lagging. Uh, all right. If No. Absolutely love it. So if you were going to... No. What are we going for? Are we trying to be funny or are we trying to be serious? I don't know. I I mean, whatever. I, we're trying to let people know that... Oh, <laughs> I'm not as gifted as you are in this department, my friend. So join us every other Friday night, 8 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you are international and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the Internet Church Circle to your calendar. Welcome back to The Move. We're reviving with the book at least 10 minutes at a time. Next 10 minutes, we're looking at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 18 to 24. And this is take two. This it's just I forgot two. to press record. Sometimes you do that, and it's because we're tired. It's tired. We tired. Nice long weekend. Good weekend. But very good weekend, very actually. Good weekend. Very, very good. But now we are... Back here, at it again, Daniel. At it again. So Exodus nineteen. <laughs> That's a reference to something remember? I don't know what that is. <laughs> remember Daniel with the vans, the white vans. Oh, oh look at Daniel yeah, in the vans. Yeah, 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 yeah. Back at it again. Back at it again. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got Throwback. It. Um, you got Exodus nineteen is being referenced. Yeah. Right here. And the, the, the story of the Israelites gathering at the bottom of the mountain. God's coming down. It's the trumpets. It's the thunder. It's the shaking. It's the angels coming down, and they're shooting off fireballs from their fingertips. That's, well, they're not shooting fireballs from their fingertips. No, no. But that's the way. That's the, the image in my mind. That's me. Pew, 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 pew. Because <laughs> that's what they sounded like, right? Yeah, pew, I'm pew. sure that's exactly what it was like. Well, it was a Kevin Hart sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Right. And so the angels, they're descending. Fire, 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 fire. Moses actually referenced this. I think it's Deuteronomy 32 or 33, where he's talking about how they all descended. And it would have been, I mean, imagine this. You've just come through. Okay, this is good. This is good to frame it this okay. way. They've just come from seeing these 10 plagues overcome the powers of Egypt. Oh. Every single plague corresponded seemingly with some sort of god deity of Egypt. Right. They worshiped the frogs. A bunch of frogs came in. Locusts. A bunch of locusts came in. The Niles is life-giving source. It turns to blood. And ultimately, Pharaoh is undone with the last plague where his <clears throat> firstborn is taken, right? Mm-hmm. So the Egyptians have to have some awareness of what's going on. This is, again, a supernatural war amongst the gods mm. that's happening. And this war amongst the gods culminates with Yahweh overcoming Pharaoh with this angel of death, and then they go free. Mm -hmm. Now, if you are not fully familiar with this 
god of your ancestors because they weren't. They were not. They definitely were not. They had forgotten by this time. And he's liberating them. And you're like, uh-huh. This is great so far. And, of course, it's better to leave Pharaoh than it is to... It's better to, to follow not be Yahweh and not be enslaved. <laughs> sure. There has to be a question in the back of your mind of like, There's a catch. where are we going? Yeah, What's yeah, going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. Because the supernatural lords that we've been under thus far, namely Pharaoh, not so have cool. been the worst. <laughs> yeah. So then when we get taken to the edge of the Red Sea and now Pharaoh is coming behind us, it looks like we made the wrong call. <laughs> you put your bet on black and it showed up. It was white. And then you're right. And so we picked door number three when it was door number two. Yeah. But all of a sudden, in the midst of our fear and anxiety emerging, Moses is like, boom, there goes the ocean. And you're like, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Someone clip that, please. Richard, clip that. Send it in the agreement group. That'll be great. As soon as I said it, I was like, it could be a meme. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> they go through the world. They go through the water, right? When you're on the other side of the water, Pharaoh gets overwhelmed by the flood. Now that which was pursuing you is dead. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it seems as though this God has proved himself trustworthy, but we're still not 100% sure, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, we sing this song to Moses, you know, the, uh, Exodus 15, and Miriam sings this song, the song of Moses, and how God, the cloud rider, this whole deal, right? Yeah. Okay. Now they're in the wilderness they're super hungry super hungry haven't eaten anything good apparently for a while all the garlic and the onions and all the leeks they left back in egypt well remember at this point this is still exodus 19 so i think they're um no this is before 16 is when they do the fana thing okay the mana thing so 16 thank you so So they're they're complaining about lack of food good this is even better so mana comes down right yeah wow wow so they've been delivered through the waters they're given bread from heaven yeah and now it's we're going to meet mm. and we're going to meet at this mountain. Mm-hmm. Don't touch the mountain or you're dead or else you're dead. That right there. <laughs> Hold on. We've seen, we've seen when people don't listen, this, this, this is sounds serious. So I'm just trying to place my, myself in the mindset of this Israelite, this Hebrew, right? That's like, because cause in, in the hindsight reading, we're like, why wouldn't you want to go up to the mountain to meet God? Yeah. Well, like, Of course you'd want to meet God. But yeah. like in the context, it's like, dang, like people are dropping like flies out here. Exactly. And did he say three days? Are you sure it was three days and it wasn't like nine days? Because I just want to be safe. And then an animal cannot go and touch the mountain lest they Perish. die as yeah. well, right? Yeah. It's like, wash yourselves, get yourselves ready. I'm going to appear. It's like, uh-huh, okay, okay. How about you go instead? Right? And it's. This God who has overwhelmed the Egyptians. Sure. So do we trust him? Do we know that he's love? Has he come down from heaven? We, and all is, we know is he's powerful. <laughs> and that somehow he wants us. Yeah. And then um, one of my professors from seminary has this great sermon. I think it's called Blazing Grace. Dr. Richard Davidson. Uh, go ahead and YouTube that. And he demonstrates textually in the Hebrew language how the prohibition against coming up the mountain was only a temporary prohibition of the three days. That after the three days, the command was Allah. Everyone right? come up. Everyone come up. Yeah. And so there was this space where they were supposed to, by faith, meet God. Right? Come up. And this is so dope because this is First Thessalonians 4. Mm. They're supposed to meet God proverbially 
in the air yeah, at the top of the, the mountain, caught up with him. Whoa, come up. And they're like, nope. Not a chance. Not a chance. The day is set. God shows up. Pew, pew, pew is happening. The mountain is ablaze so much that it's trembling and shaking. And even Moses himself, who has interacted with God the whole time, says, I tremble with fear. Mm -hmm. This is the mountain that Hebrews 12 is addressing us. That verse 18, this is all context for verse 18. Look at this. For you have not come to what may be touched. So everything that we just said. No, that's not where you come. No, no, no. right? That's not our. That should not be, and is not our experience. Uh, -uh. you have not come to what may be touched—the blazing fire, and darkness, and gloom, and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet, and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them. You imagine they heard the voice of God. They heard the voice like no, 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 no. Just the fear, right? Right. This right here, you get a quick snapshot of what it seems the apocalyptic view of the second coming Interesting. God shows up those who are not in agreement with him the see their response. the rocks fall on us yeah right yeah no 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 stop talking he will not stop yeah man. he's going he's gonna keep coming sure. and, right and so that the response is born out of people who are not empowered by the spirit transformed from flesh to spirit from death to life there are still somehow under sin consciousness not renewed because this is the point of Hebrews 10. Mm -hmm. What they had received did not actually transform them, right? And you see this in their response to when he appears. They cower and tremble in fear. They don't come up, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Verse 21, indeed so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. And then here it is, the turn. Verse 22, but you. Yeah. But you have come to Mount Zion. To the city of the living God. And you're mm. like, wait, wait, how? What are mm. you talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're still down here in on earth. How right. do we come up? The heavenly Jerusalem to the innumerable angels in festal gathering into the assembly of the firstborn who mm. are enrolled in heaven. Mm. And to God, the judge of all and the spirits of the righteous made perfect. And here it is. And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. Mm-hmm. So that through Jesus and his mediation of a new covenant, we have proverbially by faith come to the city of the living God. Mm. This is Paul's point in Galatians chapter is it four or five, where he says that those that go to Mount Zion, uh, to Mount Sinai are still under Hagar. There mm. are children who are not born of Sarah. Right, but those who are born of Sarah are those who participate in the heavenly Zion, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Not in the earthly mm-hmm. uh, reflection of what's going on. So this is uh, mirror passages here, right? With Galatians and Hebrews, that the reality of those who are in Christ is that they have re- been redeemed from the slavery of Adam number one. They have been redeemed from the slavery of sin. They have been redeemed from the condemnation of death. And that has all been accomplished first and foremost in their mediator, who Hebrews 6 through 10 has had this awesome uh, sort of depiction of being one who is the king of righteousness, Melchizedek, who has seemingly 
no end, no life that ends, right? No genealogy. And that this now is our new mediator, that this is a new covenant that God has made with us. And what's the new covenant? The new covenant is that our hearts are no longer stone, but they are soft, they are warm, they are alive, they are flesh, so that when the living one speaks, our hearts actually respond. Mm-hmm. Notice the imagery of um, Exodus 19 and into Exodus 20 and the reception of the law. God gives to them a reflection of where their hearts are in, in in response to him. Let me say that again. God gives to them a reflection of their hearts in response to him. What does he give them? He gives them tables of stone. stone. Yeah, Their hearts are hearts that are hard and they are hearts of stone, mm-hmm. right? But even in the stone he engraves, mm-hmm. right? which is all this cool imagery, wow. right? Yeah. But now... He has written his law on their hearts by way of giving them new hearts, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And now their hearts can respond to the call. For those he has called, he has also justified. Mm. And those he has justified, he has also glorified, right? And he's done all of this in Jesus. So we were called, predestined in Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. We were justified in and by Jesus. We are sanctified in and by Jesus, and we are glorified in and by Jesus. This is an allusion to Romans 8, mm-hmm. 28 through 30. That this all is packaged and works together because what is going on is that the reality of our calling, the reality of our right standing before God, the vindication that we have before God, justification, right? The sanctification and purification, the washing, the clean, the regeneration that has happened and ultimately the glorification, the transformation of the body, all of that happens in Jesus first, right? Mm. And now we have that. So this is the point of Hebrews 12. You have come to this place because Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, Mm. has gone before you. And since he's there, guess what that means about you? Mm. So are you. Yeah. And so this is, I mean, when you start just getting layers of what Hebrews 12 is concluding with. Yeah. It's this rich tapestry of the final end game, right? This is the end of Avengers. The sure. end of, this is all of it, a culmination coming all together, right? Where you finally appear and you're like, oh, this is where we're at. Yeah. And I love that uh, right prior to this passage is the one that we talked about last time on the move where it's like, you're a son. God is treating you as a son. To right. contrast that, because the lived experiences in, in Exodus 19, it's just like you're terrified. You don't know what's going on. You yeah. don't want to connect. You're just like uh, completely unsure. Yeah. But now because of how we have seen him correctly in the person of Jesus, we now have clarity on who we are. The glory and the majesty and the magnitude is certainly surpassed in the person of Jesus. And yet the result is not that we are more afraid or more terrified or more anxious, but rather we're ushered in and we run towards and we run with boldness. Perfect love and perfect love received has cast out fear. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. This is, I mean, you see all of these elements here. They can approach and come boldly before the throne and receive mercy time of need uh why uh because perfect love has cast out fear yeah and they are in um we can say a word about this final verse and to jesus the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of abel what's the better word uh that jesus blood speaks than the blood of abel well simply this when abel was murdered 
what did his blood cry out for? Vengeance. Right? It cried out for make things right. Mm. Like your brother's blood cries out to me. Why? Like make things right. Make things right. This is an imagery of Revelation, what is it, five or six, where the uh, spirit's underneath the throne. How long, oh Lord? How long, mm-hmm, oh Lord? How long? Mm-hmm. Make things right. Make things right. This blood that has been spilt on Calvary, the blood of Jesus says, I've made things right. Yeah. So the blood speaks better, right? Because you have been made right. He has made things right. And now we have access to the gathering of the firstborn of the dead. And uh, he's even better than Abel. Mm. Amen. Amen.